Welcome to the Pugilist Podcast presented by Hack Daniels Media, hosted by Mark Hack Daniels and Robert Meyer. We're bringing you all the fight action you can imagine. Everything you see, we see. We're bringing you commentary. Whether it be UFC, 1FC, PFL, Bellator, doesn't matter. If they're fighting, we're watching. We're talking about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy our episodes. All right, buddy. Uh, dude, crazy weekend for fights. Uh, that's an understatement. I'd say so. Actually, yeah, yeah, it was like uh, a, a volcano erupted in the MMA sphere. That was UFC yeah. 261. Yeah, so before we get into that, though, let's talk a little PFL. So um, I run a, I started a nonprofit. I run a tournament, so I was like way busy with that all weekend. I was yeah. lucky. I was fortunate enough to get off the course and home in time to watch the fights. But I definitely was uh, otherwise occupied for the PFL stuff, and I caught um, – one of your messages. So tell me a little bit about the PFL, how it looked, how the production value was and what the fights were like. Overall, I thought it was a really good event. Um, you know, they had four fights on the main card. Um, a lot of standouts, um, you know, like they had a former lightweight tournament winner. Um, what's his name? Nathan Schultz. He, he fought on there. Bubba Jenkins, who's a really uh, good NCAA division one wrestler. He fought on there, fought Lance Palmer, who was kind of a PFL World Series of Fighting uh, standout. And then, um, you know, the main event was Anthony Pettis, um, who's a former UFC champion, lightweight champion. Uh, he left the organization, came to PFL. He ended up fighting um, a guy named Clay Collard, who went like one and two in the UFC. So, you know, you look at the two on paper and it's like, well, Pettis should fucking smoke this dude. And yeah. uh, Clay Collard comes out and just makes Pettis look like shit for the most part it with the exception was, uh, of what like 30 seconds i think i saw where pettis looked all right with a head yeah, kick with, or something like that yeah with the exception of the third round pettis had a had a late fight surge where he, he landed a head kick that rocked clay but um by that point you know clay had already sealed two rounds and uh, yeah. pettis couldn't put him away um i didn't know much about clay collard before you know catching him uh fight anthony I, I knew about his UFC run. I knew that he dabbled into professional boxing. I don't think he was really like a, a great boxer, but his boxing skills translating into an MMA fight, he looked really fucking good. Like wow. this was a guy who just moved forward, um, had really good head movement and was really mixing it up with, with Pettis. And he was really targeting Pettis's uh, torso, his midsection, yeah. which we've seen in past Pettis fights is kind of a, a weak spot for him. Um, like Max Holloway yeah, pretty much gas Pettis up by hitting him in the body. And, and Clay kind of repeated that clay looked really fucking good, man. Like he, you know, he's kind of a, I don't know if I'd really say a journeyman fighter. Um, he's, he kind of has a record that reflects it, but he looks, he just, he looks really fucking good. He's super young. He's only 20 years old. He's got almost 30 fights, I think 30 wow. MMA fights. Um, and despite his lackluster UFC run, um, I really think that he, he could be kind of a standout in uh, in the PFL this season. So I was super impressed Dude, with him. Some of these guys that wind up in the UFC can they can look pretty amateur if the cards don't really stack up right or if they don't catch the right fights, you know. Yeah. At, yeah. at the right time. So I mean, the UFC is obviously one of the hardest promotions to jump into, and there's not always a clear like build this fighter up kind of path, you know. So some dudes, like I said, they, I mean, they can look a little amateur. Yeah. And he also fought in the UFC in like 2014, 2015. So, you know, he was, you know, in his early twenties then, um, yeah. you know, I, it, maybe it's taking time for him to mature. You know, He may be one skills. of those guys that comes back on a second stint and does really well, you know, but yeah, I mean, it could, to, could to be. Take, a, take a guy apart like Anthony Pettis, man. I mean, dude, I love it when a fighter makes the investment in the body, you know, when they, when they're willing to throw some body blows and just make that investment, dude, I don't That'll make you, that'll fatigue anybody. I don't care who you are. You know, there aren't many people that can just stand there and take body shots, like solid body shots, legs or, you know, kicks or punches and, and keep walking you down. So yeah, I think it, I think it makes sense, you know? And aside from that, that third round head kick, um, just clay looked like he was clearly going to just out. He, I mean, he pretty much outclassed Anthony. Yeah. Anthony's, uh, I mean, he's on, he's on like the downward spiral, man. Unfortunately, yeah, and, you he know, I, a really I, great fighter. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at Anthony Pettis, and he's, you check out his highlight reel, and he's got you know he's got the WEC kick, the Showtime kick, where he runs up the fucking cage and kicks Benson right. Henderson in the face in the fifth round and wins the 
wins the title. He becomes a UFC champion by by tapping out Benson Henderson again. You know, he defended the title against Gilbert Melendez. Um, I mean, he has a huge a huge resume of of big name um, wins on his record. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe he's just uh, maybe he's just shutting down, slowing down. Something I don't know. It's, it's a hard, I argue. I would say it's the hardest sport in the world. It's yeah. It's a fucking ruined sport. And like, you see a guy like Anthony who, for so many years, just fought the best of the best of the best of the best. You yeah. know, um, eventually that's going to take a toll on you. Yeah, dude. On that stage, these guys are fucking killers, man. They're all they're all killers, right? So um, tough sports to stay relevant. And personally, when these guys go on these long ass runs, man, it's uh, I think underrated in my opinion, like, because yeah. you know, MMA is only just now within the last couple of years really started to get the sort of mainstream media attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. So when you got guys on 10, 12, 14, you know, Anderson Silva's streak and Demetrius Johnson's streak. I mean, that's fucking incredible, man. I mean, the shit that these mm-hmm. guys are doing. Yeah. You know, you got a guy, Khabib who's retired 29. I know. I mean, insane, you know, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward. There's some PFL stuff coming up, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, looks like they got some solid fighters, a lot of UFC yeah. vets. Yeah, overall, it, you know, I thought it was a good event. All the fights on the main card went to a decision. Um, an interesting fight was the first one of the night, which was Bubba Jenkins versus Lance Palmer. Both of those guys were like elite Division One wrestlers. Um, and Lance Palmer had been like undefeated for, I don't know, I think six or seven years or something like that. Uh, well, maybe not four years, but uh, you know, he was on a huge win streak. And Bubba Jenkins is kind of a novice, I guess. Um, in MMA, he fought he fought in Bellator quite a bit, but he, I don't know. He didn't really have a whole lot of name recognition. I, I feel in in yeah. the MMA community. Um, but he just, I mean, he showed. Although it was an MMA fight, like it was pretty much a grappling affair, and uh, Bubba pretty much shut Lance down and won a unanimous decision. Um, aside from that, you know, Marson held who fought the Bellator in Bellator and uh, briefly in the UFC. He beat, uh, he beat uh, Nate and Schultz and then uh, two foreign dudes fought and went to a, a decision. Um, I think most of the favorites lost all the guys that were expected to win lost their fights, which makes the tournament, um, really interesting, but the way the PFL works, it's kind of, kind of weird for each win you get in this tournament, you get a series of points. Um, so just because you lost like your first fight, yeah. doesn't mean that you're out of the tournament. doesn't mean that you can't win the tournament. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Production like, value yeah, is pretty good. Yeah. Their format is definitely different, which adds, you know, it adds to the overall scene, I think something just just slightly different from some of the other promotions they're like you see bellator now they're doing the light heavyweight grand prix i mean they've done some tournament style stuff in the past and i appreciate that it's very pride style yeah. i always love that about pride so <clears throat> the ufc has done like mini tournaments but not in the same fashion right like hey we got these four guys the titles vacant we're just going to set these fights but it's 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 not done the same now they're yeah know, they're unofficial not, it's not tournaments, right? It's not planned. It's not planned yeah. as a tournament where this is, this is with Bellator has been completely staged where PFL runs it like a, a series where, you know, like almost like racing or something where, you know, you may not win, but you still earn some points and like you can keep yourself relevant and whatever. So yeah, very interesting to watch. And I think it'll give some of the fighters a lot of a bigger fan base. Because when or lose, sure. people people still may be cheering for him a lot, you know, where the, yeah. the UFC, like oftentimes these dudes will come in and get clipped and a lot of their fans will walk on to somebody else, you know, so. And I don't know if they're doing it this this season, but I think the last PFL tournaments that they did, or the you know, they they were rebranded. They used to be a World Series of Fighting. Yeah. Um, but the tournament winner won like a million bucks. Yeah, no, there's a lot of money at stake. Side note, all the PFL action you can find on uh, ESPN Plus if you have it. There's a nice little on-demand. Like, you can even go under leagues. It's it's in yeah. the... Yeah, so yep. the ESPN Plus content for mixed martial arts has definitely stepped up its game. You can get all the LFA stuff on the UFC Fight Pass. Uh, you know, shitty though, these, you can't watch the live events on ESPN Plus. You actually have to have, like, ESPN 2 or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, for PFL? Yeah. Interesting. 
right, like so the prelims the prelims were on ESPN plus but the main card you had to like actually watch it on a channel which yeah, I mean I'm sure that's the big brain contract obligation to push people over to get cable you know yeah. kind of thing so I I get that it's part of the business it just sucks when you can't get the content um, Yep yeah man Do you see they dropped a huge lawsuit by the way on Triller did they said they're saying that this Askren debacle was one of the most pirated fights ever so yeah, a, when, a massive yeah. lawsuit out there. there I saw some, I, some little I saw, banter. I saw something on Twitter about it. Yeah, they listed a lot of uh, a lot of websites. Um, yeah. Any noteworthy ones? Uh, I think Crack Streams was the. I used to watch uh, baseball on Crack Streams and. Uh, crack yeah, they were Crack streams and buff streams, I think, are definitely two of the biggest pirated sites, I think. <laughs> are they? Yeah, I can't confirm it or not if I've ever used them in the past. But <laughs> just saying, like, they're definitely a thing. So there's always two days. When, when they shut one down, a new one pops up, man. It's like fucking yeah. cockroaches. Like, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a, the crazy thing is, like, there is a load of free content out there now on the networks. Like, you mm-hmm. could you could buy a pay-per-view here and there. I wouldn't have paid money to watch the Askren fight, even if I just wouldn't have done it. I didn't think it was worth it, and it turned out to be so. I bought it, and I regret it. It was a, you know, it was a fucking shit show of an event. Yeah, it was. I mean, total fucking shit show. All right, man, dude, UFC two sixty one. Yeah, anything good about PFL on Friday was completely like forgotten about by Saturday night. After that event, after UFC 261, uh, dude, I do you think Dana like went behind the scenes and was like, "Yo, max capacity crowd in Jacksonville, I'm gonna give all you guys bonuses if you just fucking throw down." I don't. I don't think he needed to, man. I think the fighters were so pumped up going just, back into an just arena, owned yeah. it on their own. Yeah, yeah, and I think they were just really good matchups that brought out the the best in uh, in the victors. So if it was all coincidence, man, what a fucking great time for it to come to fruition. Because literally every single fight was fucking exciting. From the very first one all the way to the end. It was insane. Yeah, even the the ones that ended at, you know, the one fight that ended in uh, 17 seconds. Quite exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Only one Asian fighter won, though. Yeah, the Chinese fighters fucking sucked. Yeah, it was the Mongolian fighter that won. Yeah. Heavy on the Asian side on this card, probably because Willie Zhang was on there. You know, you know. I mean, yeah, I think sure. they. You know, oftentimes they come in groups, right? Um, you know, if Khabib was fighting, there'd probably be a couple other deck standings on the card. It just tends to be how it is. I think they all. You know, it's probably travel arrangements, all that shit, whatever. Yeah, but heavy on the Asian side, and uh, they did not fare well. Yeah, China all. did not uh, did not look good that night. Which is surprising because normally they look really fucking good. They they look like monsters, and I thought yeah. for a while like everyone should be really afraid of them because yeah. they, they look great, and they looked good in this. They just got bested, you know, like by everyone. So, and I noticed that on watching the early prelims, like you know, oftentimes in the early prelims you won't know every single fighter, but you can sort of connect the dots and realize like, all right, they're probably in the Wei Lee camp kind of deal, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, they just, I mean, they look good. They just got beat every time. Like, it's like, holy shit, this is a terrible night. And, and to be honest, like, when I jumped on, I missed a couple of my picks. Uh, I was late getting them in. I was coming back for my tournament, but <clears throat> I, I picked, like, dude, I had a garbage night of picks. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah, and I picked a lot of the Chinese fighters, and nope. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you know what? UFC pick or whatever. You can do it on the ESPN app. It's just fun. Uh, just I just like to be able to keep track kind of where I stack up. So, sure. But, yeah. All right, man. I mean, the early prelims were great. There's a bunch of really exciting fights. The prelims were solid. Let me let me pull it back up so I can see exactly what we were looking at there, though. I was really surprised on the prelim card with uh, the Randy Brown Alex uh, Cowboy Oliveira fight. I did not expect Randy Brown to uh, submit Cowboy Oliveira. That was very surprising. Yeah, I think Oliveira's been submitted in the past, has he not? Uh, yeah, I think Cowboy Cerrone. That's right. Uh, Donald Cerrone. He was him. he was the underdog in that fight too. Who was Oliveira? Oliveira, yeah. Huh. <clears throat> that was that was a good one, huh? 
Uh, the Pat Pat Sabatini. Uh, that was like one of the only decisions I think there. They didn't. Oh no, there was a split decision too. Yeah, I picked. I started watching the event right at the Randy Brown. I love Vera fight. Okay, so Dwight Grant and Stefan Sukulic. That was a good fight. I actually thought Sukulic won that, but Grant walked away with the win. There was some. It seemed like a little bad blood with the Oliveira Brown fight for whatever reason. Yeah, they had a pretty. They had a pretty gnarly stare down. Well, Brown just kept saying, "Go on my Twitch, and I'll tell you all about it." I think that was that fight. And Did like, you tune in to his Twitch channel? No, no, either no, did I. I don't do Twitch yet. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know. He should have. If there was beef, man, air it out. Well, Rogan tried to get him to do it twice. Yeah. Obviously, you want to promote yourself and do it on Twitch, right? So. Yeah, I suppose so. There's a lot of fighters are capitalizing on Twitch. I think. Dude, Stipe fucking Miocic has a fucking Twitch channel now. <laughs> like, they must who's a, who's they on must there? Dimitri, Dimitri Johnson's on there. On there. Yep. Uh, Jens Pulver. Megan Anderson's on there. She's Megan Anderson. She's a gamer, though. Hardcore gamer. Yeah, she's like a hardcore Call of Duty player. Max Holloway's got a really successful gaming thing going. Yep. Sugar Sean O'Malley. He, dude, Randy he's Brown. Doing, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Sugar. I bet he's yeah, making more him. money in merchandise than fighting. He should go box Jake Paul. Oh, shut up with that, dude. Yeah, I know. I just That's, had to. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's really pissing me off. <laughs> so you saw Anthony Smith and Jim Crute. Yeah, man, what a good fight. I picked uh, I picked Jimmy Crute to win. I, I thought he was going to do the upset, but man, fucking Anthony Smith looked on fire. So I he had Crute too, but how fucking weird was that? The I've, never, I've never seen anyone dead leg like that before. That was weird. I don't think it was just a dead leg. I think he actually like fucked his leg up. Oh, you think? I yeah, haven't I gone back I, to look. I'd like to see if Crute said anything like about what actually happened. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I've never seen a foot fold like that. Like, you know, he just couldn't even use it. it did I you mean, ever see the... Somehow he took him down a couple times after that. That was crazy. Did you see the Brent Primus, uh, Michael Chandler fight in Bellator, the first fight? No. Something I, similar I, happened there. I really haven't been totally focused on Bellator. Yeah. Only recently have I started to pay attention to it because they've sort of done some fighting exchanges. So, well, Chandler Chandler injured his leg um, in a similar way to Jimmy Crute. Uh, I don't think actually Chandler's injury was all that severe after the fact, um, yeah. but it looked fucking really bad in the fight. Yeah, I mean, you got that common Perona that runs down there, and obviously those calf kicks have proven to be pretty nasty. I mean, we saw it in the in the Poirier McGregor two fight where he basically dead legged him. You know. Yeah. Hats off to Jimmy Crute, though. This one was different. Yeah, dude, he kept fighting. It was insane. Well, and then even after, you know, after the round ended, he goes back to his corner, and then the doctor's kind of assessing, and, you know, he's he's putting on his game face, trying to fight through the pain, and he's, you know, the doctor, like, motions, like, walk towards me. Let's see if you can walk, and if you can continue, and then his, you know, he takes one hard step, and his fucking foot gives out, and the, you know, doc weighs off. It was a good call from the doctor, but Yeah, for sure, but Crute was like, yeah, I couldn't walk on it. I was just going to pull guard and see what happens. I was like, (laughs) I fucking love this dude, dude. I don't care if he loses 10 fights. Like, I'm all in on that guy. He did. There's no quitting that kid. And, and he's like shouting out veterans and shit, you know, like, I mean, he's a special dude. He se- it seems like he's a guy that I think a lot of people could follow. And, you know, it's unfortunate, like when the weird shit happens like that, yeah. you know, you, you know, you want to see him be able to fight. I would have just rather seen the fight. And I think he would have done pretty well. I mean, I like Anthony Smith, but, you know, he is a bit of a, you know, he can, he can drop a couple fights here and there. Dude, Anthony, I'm telling you, man, if, if Crute came out for that second round, Anthony Smith would have fucked him up bad. Oh, on one leg? No questions. Yeah. Smith is nasty, dude. He's dangerous. Anytime he gets in there, it doesn't matter who he's facing. But Yeah, when he's on, he's he's a very tough guy to beat. Um yeah. he's he's an interesting dude, Anthony Smith. I mean, you look at his record, you know, he's he's got sixteen losses. Um for all intents and purposes, you know, I mean, you might consider him a journeyman, even though I don't really think that that should be a negative, um, especially when you're at the UFC fighting like the elite guys. You know, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being like a top ranked heavyweight with 16 losses. Well, I mean, look at what yeah. Masvidal is doing. Yes, yeah, there's the a place Masvidal. for these guys, man. They can work their way in. I I love Anthony Smith. I always have. I think whatever happened in his house or whatever recently, where he like had to deal with this like burglar, or he fucked this dude up or whatever. Like that was a couple weeks before his last fight. You know, yeah, that was something on uh, something just, you know, mentally it's hard to stay in the game, dude. When you know your family's vulnerable and shit, you know, you obviously he's got to leave his family or whatever. Like, you know, I think yeah, I, that know, was, dude, I like him. that was right before the, the Glover fight and where he got mauled. 
He's also a you know? decent commentator too. You know what's funny is like when he's just in his fight gear and he's got like so many random fucking tattoos, he looks like a creative character in a video game. Yeah. But then when he puts on the suit and he puts on his glasses, he's yeah. a very presentable looking man. <laughs> yes, it's, 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 that's, <laughs> I think you, I think you've sort of summed up mixed martial arts and how amazing it is. Like right there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these are normal dudes and mm-hmm. women, you know, that have a s- skill set that people love to watch. I mean, I love him, dude. I'm glad he got the win, uh, but I'm definitely a huge Crute fan at this point, and I'm going to really pay attention to him. You know who Crute looks like? Almost like to a T, except bigger. He looks like Mike Pyle. You remember Mike Pyle? Mike Quicksand Pyle? Yes. I mean, he, uh, Pyle just barely retired. I mean, within the last two years, probably. You know, that dude's been good. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. He's been good. His head knocked off for like a couple decades. The pile, pile suffered some pretty nasty knockouts there towards the end. So, yeah, people have um, said that Mike Pyle was like a, a gym champion. Like in the gym, nobody could fucking beat him. But when it came to the night of the fight, sometimes lot, I think there's a together. lot of fighters. I think there's a lot of yeah. fighters like that, man. There's yeah, a lot of, right. there's a lot of athletes like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Side note on Mike Pyle, uh, he also uh, co starred in one of the Universal Soldier movies that Andre Arlovsky also starred in. And those <laughs> two have a, those two have a, really really good choreographed fight scene in like a locker room um so i highly recommend you check it out if you like fighting movies you would know some weird shit like that wouldn't you dude it's a great fucking fight and it, that was like a super low budget kind of like direct to video release and yeah. uh it was a fucking it was a great fight scene a brutal brutal bloody violent fight scene all right dude, just for you i'll check it out yeah everyone check that out Shout All right, out to dude. <clears throat> so what was obviously the most brutal aspect of the night was Jiraiya Hall, Chris Weidman. Yeah, that was without a doubt the most disgusting um, leg so, break I think I've seen. Anderson's was bad, but Weidman's was way worse. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think the cameras also focused more on Weidman in this after he broke his leg than they did on Anderson when he broke his leg. Uh, yeah. So we, moved. so we really got to take it in. We really got to see what happened. Dude. I, so like I said, I finished that tournament and I had a house full of people and like <laughs> grown ass men were running from the room. Yeah. So I can take a lot, but something about a noodle leg really bothers me. You know what it is? I was thinking about this as I was driving today. So when I was a cop, I've, you know, responded to a lot of medical calls, right? Some of which were involved people with broken bones. So I, I've seen my fair share of, of nasty, nasty shit. Um, but I always got there after the break already occurred. So I'm just looking at like a, a, a floppy arm or, a, you know, a floppy leg or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not actually watching that fucking thing break. Right. So that's yeah. what makes it worse. Seeing, seeing a perfectly intact normal leg <laughs> go from a leg to a wet noodle. <laughs> In a split second, it's the most disgusting and repugnant shit. <laughs> so it doesn't, that kind of thing surprisingly doesn't happen as often as people might think. I mean, it's, it is actually fair. It's kind of rare. Um, Weidman posted pictures of his before and after surgery and stuff, dude. And he fucking cut that motherfucker in half. Yeah. That was a severed, tib a severed fib, leg. Tibs, tib fib gone right in half. Looks like they put him back together, you know, I don't think Anderson came back quite the same. I'm guessing I think Weidman's a little younger than when it happened to Anderson. I would expect he could return, but let's also be honest, like Weidman hasn't been on a great run here lately. So, Oh, yeah, Weidman's had a rough go of it after losing his title. You know, I hope he – I don't know, man. <clears throat> He's sort of famous and made his money. I don't know how much he made because I feel like some of the fighters are notoriously underpaid, but – you know, I hope he gets healthy and fights again, I guess. I mean, what Weidman has legendary status in the UFC. Like, he's the guy who dethroned Anderson Silva. You know, he dethroned, you know, what Ar- most people consider one of the, the greatest. Yeah, one of the greatest yeah. fighters ever. Sure. And not, not only did he dethrone him, like, he knocked Anderson fucking out in the first fight. Yeah, and I don't really oh. count the second fight because it ended like this one, you know, the, with the injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Weidman won, but I mean, it, you know, when you, I don't know, dude, when a leg snaps like that, it's... It's it's awkward. Yeah, like where, I don't know. where does the fight really stand? You know. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see if if Weidman's able to come back. I'd like to see those two run him back. 
Well, dude, I fucking, I mean, they threw what, probably three strikes between the two of them. Well, what's funny about that is Uriah Hall, I think, is the first fighter in UFC history to win a fight via stoppage without throwing the same. Oh, that's strike. right. He never threw a strike. That's right. Yeah. I, forgot. I think Weidman was really pressing, and he threw that kick, and it was done. Ugh. Yeah, Weidman came out, uh, you know, pretty hard for the whole 17 seconds that the fight was. I feel. Uh, I definitely it. feel. I feel like he was starting maybe a little faster or harder. You know, he changed camps. He lives in South Carolina. Like things have changed for him. Uh, I definitely feel like he was coming out with a little different intent maybe than he has in the past. And, and, and arguably he has to, because frankly, his career has, you know, just been on the, on the, the kaputs here last couple yeah. fights. So yeah, he probably, he probably went out there with the intent to do something. You know, it was an interesting fight. Um, you know, I love the matchup, man. Yeah. I mean, looking at the matchup, um, Weidman, even in his losses, like he always comes to fight, right? Like no, no matter what, sure. he, yeah, he might, sure. he might get knocked out, but he's always going to, he's always going to come to fight. Whereas Uriah Hall, extremely talented, great skill set, but sometimes he just doesn't fucking show up, you know? Yeah. He almost looks like he runs sometimes. Like he, he just looks like he's in the cage, but he's not really. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, he's just not fucking checked in. Um, so I, I really like that matchup. I, I really hope that, uh, shout out, shout out to Uriah Hall though, for being insanely respectful about it though. Like he walked away, turned around, you know, and he was like, you know, you could tell it was like bad. He walked away, turned around, like did the, did a very appropriate, like sort of martial arts thing where you turn around and, and bow or kneel, yeah, just let people kind of take care of what they need to take care of. So yeah, I, you know, if he comes back, dude, I wouldn't hate to see that fight again. I think it's a, for the, for that division, uh, I think that's a great matchup. Yeah. That I'd like to see like a, a definitive, like proper resolution to. Sure. Okay, man. Valentina Shevchenko, Jessica Andrade, dude. Dude. Okay. Valentina wow. Shevchenko, the the reigning flyweight champion, uh, taking on Jessica Andrade, who's a who's a former champion. Uh, you know, a lot of people considered probably Andrade like the second best in the division, most likely to dethrone Valentina, and Valentina just dude, absolutely yeah, at one twenty five. Yeah, but at one twenty five, Andrade looks like a fucking bulldog. She looks great. She looks yeah. big and strong. I mean, she looked. She was a beast at one fifteen. Um. But, dude, Valentina, let's not forget, she hung in at Bantamweight for a long time. She fought the yes. best in that division. Yeah. Um, she looks incredible at 125. She's got she, it all, dude. She, I yeah, mean, I think I was listening, or not listening, but I read some of what uh, Daniel Cormier said about her, and he's like, hands down, she's way more skilled in all the facets of mixed martial arts than Amanda Nunes. But you know Amanda will will take her out. Right? We'll she's her. just She's, she's just bigger. strong as fuck. She's yeah. bigger, stronger. But skill wise, I don't know that there's another woman on the planet who has the the pure skill that Valentina does. And we always knew Valentina's ground game was pretty good, even though like in the Jennifer Maya fight, she got she got taken down for a little while. Uh, she never has to show it though. Yeah, but to, I mean that night, I mean she willingly went out and just grapple fucked Andrade until she TKO'd her. Like, yeah, I feel like it was one of those things like. All right, fuck it. I'll just do this because you're not expecting me to do this, you know. Because she you easily could have, she easily could have went, stood there, and banged with her for five exactly. rounds and, and taken her taken her apart the whole time, easily, yeah. like like no question. So what I love about that mentality is this woman is a champion and still willing to go into like deep water with someone who who potentially was a better, stronger grappler than her and yeah. just take her out. Yep, you got to love only, a champion that does that. I mean. Valentina fought like a perfect fight and Andrade, I don't like, did she fucking amount any offense? I don't think so. During that fight? She I was on the defensive from start to finish. Yeah. I don't think she really had any windows and you got to yeah. think with, with someone like Valentina. I mean, the windows aren't going to present themselves often. If they do, you better take advantage of it. And I don't think yeah. she gave her a fucking chance, man, man. She looks incredible. Yeah, she, she did. That was, that was a, a perfect performance from her. You know and I got to say? Like going into this dude, I legit thought Wei Lee would just put Rose away and then go up and challenge Valentina. Dude, Real, talk. Real talk. Real talk. I told you that Rose is going to win. Because, I, I mean, Valentina's cleaned out everybody. Where, where does she go? She's either got to go down or go up. Nah, you know, in in the current scene, I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're, there's contenders. Lauren Murphy's um, probably, I'd say, next in line. And that's a fight that I definitely expect Valentina to win convincingly. Um uh, I have no interest in seeing uh, Valentina and, and Amanda run it back for a third time. I don't either. None whatsoever. Unless both I, fighters want it. Yeah, I just thought I thought Wei Lee might might be able to go up and contend until she, you know, this fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's got derailed. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the dude, Valentina looks incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, man. She's like, I don't, I'm not, though. I, I don't, yeah, she is, but I don't get bummed out when she's got a fight coming. I really don't. No, not at all. Yeah. She's exciting as shit to watch, man. And she's, she wears those belly shirts that show off her Jack's six pack. She's, she's like shredded. Yeah. yeah. Ripped. And then she does that little, that little dance after she wins, which is cute like as the, hell. Yeah. The Kyrgyzstani, like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> she, yeah. She's definitely from Kyrgyzstan. It's, it's like a Russian style dance. Yeah. Okay. Doug Rose, dude. Shout out to Thug Rose, man. I got to tell you, I thought she's a fucking mental head case. I mean, she, well, she's had some of it in the past. Whatever she had going on, let's just let's just say that she's passed it, right? Because she looked, she, I mean, it didn't last long, but she looked great. And that, yeah, that, lady, she, has, that lady has some sneaky ways to kind of disguise some of these strikes that she throws. Yeah, she, I mean, she did a pretty standard, you know, she looked, she looked low and went high. And uh, she was at perfect range, and she threw a perfect kick. And it landed perfectly flush with uh, Whaley Zhang's face. Well, you could see like Whaley didn't the way she got up kind of on her tippy toes. Like she didn't she didn't see whatever Rose threw at her coming. It, she no. wasn't expecting it. No, I think she, she was expecting a, a low kick. Yeah, man, Whaley up to this point looked. I mean, dude, she put away Joanna pretty solid. I mean, you know, I think you could if you really broke the fight down, you might be able to make an argument. But I mean, they were banging in there. And Wei Lee up to this point has looked nasty. Um, yeah, and then you you have to also have to look at the fact that Wei Lee won the title from Jessica Andrade, who knocked Rose out. You know, right? So MMA math would tell you that Wei Lee would probably beat Rose, right? But Rose is like, fuck no, man. So Rose is the first woman to recapture a title after yeah. having lost it. So I don't know, man. It was impressive. I'm not a huge Rose fan, but she looked great. You know, I wonder, I don't, and I don't, I don't think there's really an argument for a, an immediate rematch either. Yeah. Dana seemed, uh, kind of, kind of content on, on running that back, which I don't, you know, if it was a close decision, I could see, but, uh, you know, she knocked her out. It's pretty decisive. Why, why would you give Wei Lee an immediate see, rematch? Yeah. I'd rather see Ioana and Wei Lee run it back and then fight Rose. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, actually, I would think that would make more sense, but yeah, that would make sense to me. And then Rose fights the winner of that maybe. Man. Yeah, I could see that. I, um, I wish that fight would have went a little longer personally, but uh, pretty decisive. Yeah, I think a lot of people were, were kind of bummed that it ended so quickly because of how they matched up on, on paper. Um, I think that people would not have been upset if that fight would have gone five rounds, you know, and went to went to the dis, you know the judge's decision. Yeah, no, I think I think if a, if any of the fights on the card went that long, I think that would have been one. That would have yeah. been my choice because mm-hmm. I really like Wei Lee, man. She she trains hard. She's a very pure sort of martial artist. Like obviously coming out of China, like they have backgrounds in some really incredible martial arts that are very sort of uh, there's an artistry there. I think yeah, that is really pleasant to watch. Um, yeah, man, that fight had a lot of potential, but it, it ended. I mean, dude, anytime a belt changes hands with a decisive knockout, dude, I'm happy. So yeah. Yeah. I just didn't expect Rose to do that, man. I just, like I said, I think, um, <clears throat> shout out to her though. If she's able to dig herself out of a dark hole, cause she's, she's clearly been in some mental health type situations. Right. And she had the whole fucking Lithuanian better dead than red issues and all that stuff. And yeah, I like how she clarified to, that in her. Yeah. She was able to put that to bed and, you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read into that too much. You know, I didn't think that, uh, she doesn't come off as a, as a, a really hateful person. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a prime time right now where people can capitalize on that. Media oh yeah, sure. On that, right. But yeah. I mean, people should understand that Nami Yunus has like real heritage there. Right. So it is, it is a, it is in fact like a real and sort of personal thing for her, but sure. I think it yeah. definitely got out of hand. So, and they were, they seem to be respectful with one another. So, I mean, they shook hands and the, you know, that the weigh-ins and stuff wasn't really appear to be any animosity. Yeah, no. And, and Whaley after the fight, you know, made like an Instagram post congratulating Rose and, you know, saying that, you know, she'll be, she'll be back and she hopes for a rematch and and whatnot. I don't think. I think Whaley obviously was upset to, at to be at the decision, but I mean, she was unconscious. Dude, she got knocked the fuck out. When they they fold up on their own feet, you know, they're out. There's no arguing that, you know? Yeah. So, okay. 
Dude, Kamaru what have Usman. I told you? What what have I told you about Usman? What you're right, dude. No, you're right. He looked great in his last fight. He looked incredible this time. I mean, I just hadn't seen it up to that point, but he's uh I don't like him, but he's you know, I'm not someone that's gonna question him ever again. That's for sure. Yeah. He uh he looked fucking incredible, dude. And, and been- again, anytime for me, anytime a champion goes out there and is fucking head hunting, I love it, dude. When you know, I love George St. Pierre, but I gotta be honest, dude, he uses wrestling to maintain his belt. That's how I felt about it. He he became less and less exciting over time. Yeah. Then he came back and obviously cleared out Michael Bisping. It's all good. But I thought Usman was going to shape up to be that same kind of guy, kind of Tyrone Woodley. You know, they get less and less exciting as the fights go on. It's like, what are we even doing here? But when he went in there and was still headhunting, dude, especially after going to decision with Masvidal on fucking six days notice, I mean, that's kind yeah. of an ugly mark on a pound-for-pound contender's resume. Sure, yeah. So I thought Masvidal with a camp, you know, would have been – would have acquitted himself much better. But even Masvidal was like, look, he, he disguised his technique and it's pure. It's martial arts. Like I'm a fan at that point, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he, I, I, he disguised that left hand behind the, the, what looked like a shot. You know, I told you the last podcast that we did, I said that Usman, I, I felt that Usman was going to stop Jorge. Um, I did not think he would knock him out with a punch though. I thought it'd be like, I thought he'd Masvidal like, wear him down. There's a photo out there. Masvidal was sleeping on his own shoulder. He was laying yeah. across Usman's back. He was gone. Yeah. Out cold. So, I mean, I think that's the first time in Masvidal's career that he's been knocked out, like unconscious. You know, he got, uh, he got stopped in Sengoku, which was, uh, um, a promotion over in Japan, but that was kind of like a flash knockout. He recovered super quickly. Yeah, I, don't think, but I, don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever been put out cold in, in Japan. No. They were, they were sort of notorious to do that to foreigners. You know, in all, yeah. even in pride, when when a foreigner would, if a Japanese fighter was fighting a foreigner and there was a little flashy knockout, they were pretty quick to. Well, he was fighting a Brazilian in Sengoku. He fought Rod- Rodrigo Dam. Okay. But still, yeah, yeah, there's there's validity in what you said about yeah. the way Japanese refs work. So uh, what what do you think is next for Usman though? I mean, dude, uh, he took he took Covington, Covington. He took him apart, man. And and has Covington fought anybody since? Yeah, he beat uh, Woodley. That's right. He did beat Woodley, huh? And he, f- he, yeah, he, st- I mean, technically stopped. That's Woodley. right. That was yeah. a, that was a good fight. Wasn't it? That's the rib fight, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But Colby, Colby put it on Tyron that entire, that no, entire he did. fight. Yeah he, yeah, he did. I just, I mean, I don't, I don't really care for Covington. So I guess like that one just slipped my mind, but well, the first Usman and Covington fight was extremely back and forth. Like Colby was right in there. I think just Usman was a little more powerful, throughout the fight and then eventually just you know got the best of Colby. Well so um, the big the big question was if that's the fight they're gonna make, the big question is, you know, Usman has clearly added some components to the game. Clearly. Oh yeah. He's yeah. not a stale fighter. Like he is obviously doing everything I thought he wouldn't do and getting better in every part of his game. Is Colby Covington doing the same thing? I mean that's the question and that's why you would have a second fight, you know, with a guy who ultimately lost. You know, if that's the fight to make, then I think let, let Usman clean it out. You know, is that's his yeah. decisive fight to clean out the division. Yeah, I think that Usman and uh, Covington. Every time that they fight, I think that it'll it will always be close. Yeah, you know, I don't like Colby's antics all that much, um, but as far as toughness and and skill set, like you he's definitely right, can't. He's yeah, right you there. can't. You can't take that away from him. No. Um, again, I'm not. A, I'm not super into like the WWE style. Conor McGregor, I think, is in a in a league of his own, and it's sort of a heritage thing that he does. Where Covington well, is sort of a WWE ish almost style. Yeah, it's it's all about delivery. When you talk about trash talking, Conor's so smooth with his with his trash talk, whereas Colby's just cringy. Colby Colby's like uh, Henry Cejudo, you know, just it's cringy. You know, it it doesn't sound natural. Cejudo, whereas Cejudo is a, a little worse. He's he's maybe so. the he's maybe the most epic cringe fighter up for me. <laughs> I fucking hate. I can't. I don't like him at all. But. Usman's also talking about uh, crossing over and doing the fucking Jake Paul thing, man. What? I saw it on Instagram today, dude. Jake Paul's calling everybody out, man, except boxers. He, Jake Paul doesn't want anything he, to do with Kamaru Usman. He was calling out fucking Daniel Cormier, dude. They had a little yeah, scuffle at the fight. I, I saw that. You know, okay. You know what the interesting thing about Jake Paul is, and I'll say this 
Do you know how much the kid even weighs? How much does he even weigh? He's like a 190, 200. I think he cut to like 190. All right, so he's a little, like so so whenever he fought Askren, he was still, he's a bigger boy then, right? Yeah, like, he's, yeah, yeah. Right, he's so kind he's of a not, thick boy. I thought, I thought he was small. The thing with Jake Paul is this. It's very simple. Nobody can deny that Jake Paul has boxing skills. He can box, okay? He can, absolutely can. <laughs> yep. The question is, can he box other people who can also box? Because right now, he hasn't shown that he's fought people well, he who can't. He hasn't fought an actual boxer with any kind of pedigree. exactly right. Yeah. So can, this, can he beat a boxer? Right. They've been and, floating this Dylan Dennis fight. I don't know that much about Dylan Dennis, but I think he's got some real boxing background. Is that right? No, he's a he's a grappler. Okay, really, Dylan. Yeah. So I don't need. So that doesn't even make sense then. No, it, it makes no sense at all. Dylan Dennis is, uh, he, and he's barely an MMA fighter. Like Dylan Dennis came out and was like, I'll represent the MMA community. It's like, dude, you have like th- two fucking fights. And so he, he's just jumping on the train. Yeah. He just wants to get, to get paid. That. I mean, dude, I'm not going to fault a man for trying to go get paid, bro. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I won't either, but it's, I'm, it's, it's, it's epic fucking level cringe, dude. And it's annoying it now because it's like, it's, there's no place for it. And it, and in my opinion, it makes a mockery of boxing. Well, and even Jake came out today. He did an interview with interview with uh, Ariel Hawani on ESPN, and he was like, "I'm a troll." Like he admits that he's fucking trolling people. Like I don't, I, I have no interest in in seeing people like that. You know, like I I don't. Uh, I say that, and I fucking ordered the goddamn pay per view. You know, but uh, yeah. So I guess they hypocritical. like. I think we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode. They dropped a massive lawsuit on the streamers. So I mean, he's definitely pulling some attention on pay per views. But you gotta yeah, wonder no, if I mean, he's more a- people want to see him get his head fucking cleaned out. Yeah, probably. You know, he's, uh, I just, I, I, I would, I would not fault Jake Paul at all. If he went out and, and just fought boxers, like if Fuck you want to box, put him, in, put him in the BKFC, throw him in there. They don't make enough. They, they don't make enough money to pay him. Okay. Rachel Osovich, by the way, signed with BKFC today. Oh, did you? Didn't I like that. BKFC. Didn't see that one coming. I don't like to watch him. It's hard to watch. I'll watch this shit. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. I, mean, to I, see I watch him. It's just hard to watch. I mean, those yeah, guys, bringing brutal, a, dude, those guys brutalize themselves. So Jake Paul weighs like 190 pounds, as we, as we said. I wonder if like Chris Lieben would come out of retirement and fight Jake Paul. So a lot of people were hoping that would happen. And I think, oh, Chris, really? I think Chris deserves the payday. That'd be interesting to see. I'd, I'd, I'd like love to see, to see that. that. And Lieben's got real skills all over the place, man. So I think, yeah, man. He, you know, I think, I think he... He would be a good uh, MMA representative, but it goes back to the point, like, why is this even happening? You know, and so also, I guess, Logan Paul, and I get these two idiots confused all the time. Logan Paul apparently signed a real fight with Mayweather. It's an exhibition fight. It's fake. It's not, you know. No, I I mean, but it's going to happen, you know. Allegedly, yeah. I mean, I don't understand why this shit is happening, though. That's my point. It's like, it's... How did these idiots become even relevant in this? It's, it's, they're they're just fucking big draws. They're prominent celebrities, um, young, fucking rich and dumb, uh, and they just they move numbers. And any anybody that can fucking make money off those guys, they're gonna fucking look. That's the business of it, right? I get it. It's just fucking. You know, I'm a little bit more of a purist than that. This is not something that we've ever really seen in mixed martial arts, like. I wasn't really a big fan when McGregor went over to do it with Mayweather. It was intriguing, but it wasn't, you know, I think that actually put a huge hole in McGregor's career. No questions asked. I mean, I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say McGregor acquitted himself well against Mayweather. I thought for quite a long time, way better, way better than I thought he would. Floyd toyed with him that entire fight. He, he made Connor look, good in the early rounds and then turned it up, you know, when, when he wanted to fucking close the show at any time Floyd wanted to end that fight. He could have ended that fight. He, he played the game and gave the fans what they, what they paid for. I didn't exactly see it that way, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it, I don't feel like it should have happened, but I mean, yeah, you, know, you, you fast forward, dude, McGregor capitalized on that. He just sold his whiskey, which was announced after that fight for $600 million. Yeah. You can't fault a man who was on fucking food stamps, you know, for being no, able to capitalize. You can't be I'm not, mad at that. I'm not going to shit on someone for for going out and making money, but I I can I feel I have the right to be critical of how they go about doing it. And yeah. I think Jake Paul is doing um he doesn't need to do this. Like 
you know, I mean, I don't know. It's I, th- I feel like it's a pointless I, conversation. So if Jake Paul would have fought like a couple up and coming killers and acquitted himself well, and maybe even pulled a win, I think the conversation would be different. The kid has literally fought no actual boxers yet. He's masquerading as a boxer, yeah, but he hasn't fought a fucking boxer. He's got these 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 fights don't matter. They don't make sense. They don't count. Like he's, you know, I don't know. It's it's really fucking annoying. I, I'm really tired. You know what really bugs me about Jake Paul? What really fucking bugs me more so than anything else? It's the way the corners of his mouth turn upward. <laughs> He's got this weird shaped mouth that just creeps me the fuck out. And I also think that his facial hair is really fucking horrible. And it looks like he has pubes on his face. Like, I don't, I don't think if you have blonde hair, you should have um, a beard. It is a little weird. I really don't. That's awkwardly specific of you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a weird guy. I I look, I don't don't even give him that much attention. Look at, just look at Google, like a picture of him, you know, and and just look at the way the corners of his mouth curl upward. It looks like a little mini Joker smile. It's really fucking creepy. So if I see another fucking Instagram post, I'll, I'll try to pay more attention to his creepy ass mouth. I guess Logan doesn't have that, that issue, which is why I probably like Logan a little more than Jake. I actually have other than the, um, the suicide video with Logan. I've never seen yeah. a single piece of content those idiots put out. He has a really good podcast. I really like his podcast. I mean, maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll listen to it. Maybe. Yeah. I told Floyd, you to listen to the, if Floyd fucking knocks him out, I'll listen to it. I don't know. That's such a, I fucking hate ex, like exhibition bouts. I, you know, MMA has done it a few times, like Fedor and Shinya Aoki and uh, Fedor and Gegard Musasi did exhibition bouts in Japan. I, it, they just, they don't fucking mean anything. It's a, it's a, just a spectacle. They're fake fights essentially. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, what's happened. So it's annoying because we're in the midst of arguably, in my opinion, and I'm going to continue to say this because it just keeps getting better the greatest year of mixed martial arts, at least as the UFC is concerned. And it's like sort of being awkwardly like dotted with these stupid boxing matches. And it's like, it's really pissing me off. Well, uh, there are like really talented, exciting boxers out there, like legit boxers, guys like Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua and Ruiz, you know, like these guys are, real fucking combatants and they're just getting so overshadowed by- fury fury's gonna make a real run in mma i think yeah that'd be cool i don't think that's uh i don't think when he says it i don't think he's joking he trains he trains with a lot of guys in the uk um and i've seen i follow him on instagram he's a great follow and that guy's been through a lot and i think he'd be a great crossover a real crossover not like james tony kind of crossover where that was just you know that was really kind of the First time we saw like boxing meets MMA where the boxer came over. Yeah. Like as a boxer, like Marcus Davis was a boxer for a long time, but sure. then he started yeah. really training mixed martial arts, right? Like yep. saw Holly Holm, like she's, she's done it for real. It's not like this one-off weird crossover. James Tony, I think just jumped in for some awkward reason. I don't even know why. And Couture made him look stupid. I was just for a fucking payday, but you know, I, mean, I don't think James Tony really had a whole lot of wealth, and I'm sure Dana threw him a couple million, you know, just to. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's some side back action going on sometimes, because you know. Maybe. But that fight was a fucking embarrassment, you know. Fucking Randy Couture ankle picked him and fucking <laughs> like choked seconds. him out. Yeah, it was stupid. Eighteen fucking, you know. Um, was... Okay, so did you see John Jones moved? He left his management team, and there's rumors that he's asking for thirty million to fight in Ghana. Yeah, which he publicly denied, and then Dana's like, okay. I don't think he's worth that. Thirty million is a lot of fucking money. It's fucking drug um, cheap, bro. Drug treat. That's all I'm saying. Uh, maybe he's asking for thirty million because he knows that fucking Francis is gonna knock him into a listen, galaxy. Dude, listen, if I was a professional fighter in mixed martial arts and I had a resume, I would want a lot of money to fight in Ghana. Maybe he doesn't really want thirty. Maybe maybe he said thirty million. He's highballing. He's highballing to yeah. try to get him down. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, because even at that point, even if John Jones cleared like five million, it'd be the biggest payday he's ever seen. I don't think he's. I mean, fight show money. I'm sure he's seen good numbers through pay per views, but he's never sure. just been paid. The highest paid fighter just to show is Conor McGregor at three and a half, if I remember correctly. And that that number may have changed now at this point, but no one's made that money. Hmm. McGregor was the first one to ever make a million to get into the octagon. Even you got even guys like Chuck Liddell. Now they cleared loads of money through pay per view after the fact. All the champions do, 
but nobody's ever made that much to get in. I don't I don't think if you look at pay-per-view numbers, I don't think John Jones is like that big of a draw either. He's not in the top five. McGregor's got three of those spots at least. Yeah. I, I don't no think one, no one does pay-per-view like no one does pay-per-view numbers like McGregor does. Nobody. Yeah. So yeah, and, this, and, and Poirier three, he's gonna own probably four of the top five spots, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean John Jones should definitely get paid a lot of fucking money for fighting Francis. But I don't know if he should get thirty million. What would you fucking do with thirty million dollars? Podcast for the rest of my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like we'd fucking build a studio and just fucking sit like on our somewhere asses somewhere like centrally located, and we just fly there every weekend to do this, like live and actually watch the fights. We'd have like a or little. We could, we could just build a compound somewhere. We could pick a, a good location and build a compound. Me, you, and Billy and. Tommy and a bunch of other jarheads. That'd be dope, wouldn't it? Yeah, we just we'll fucking eventually, eventually we we'll, eventually we get raided by like the ATF. <laughs> no, well, yeah, we'll have private security there. Like we'll, you know, I don't know, we'll buy the land. It'll be our own. Like we'll be our own police force too. Dope. So like, yeah, county I do sheriff, a, sheriffs can't come in. I could do a lot of things with thirty million. I just wonder if. Yeah. I wonder if it was to fight Francis and Ghana, if I'd even be able to talk afterwards. <laughs> I'd fight Francis and Ghana for thirty million dollars, and I'd fucking. Yeah walk into the cage and as soon as they said fight I'd fucking tap tap to airstrikes <laughs> and I'd fucking run. We're getting paid, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I th- I don't know, man. I I I wholeheartedly believe especially Amanda Nunes that the champions and the fighters should get paid more. They have been sort of chronically underpaid, but they're not it's not boxing. The money in boxing for whatever has kind of always been there because yeah. it was really the first pure you know sort of pugilist bout it's got a huge history mma doesn't even sniff that as far as mainstream mma so yeah i think with the venom sponsorships and stuff um it sounds like they're going to pony up a lot more money um if john jones wants to make 30 million dollars go fight fucking deontay wilder in in boxing or something go you know i bet i bet if i bet if that fight was offered you could clear that easy dude yeah 100 percent. yeah I don't know. But John Jones uh, yeah. has a sketchy history, man. A lot of people don't like him. Yeah, he's he's uh, the fucking fe- he's a fucking felon, dude. Or he should be a felon, anyways. He's somehow gotten his way out of it all the time. Well, that's because he's a a prominent. Uh, I don't think I don't think he, that, honestly I don't think he should even be allowed to fight in the UFC. I think he should have been gone. I I really do. I think after he the guy's been given so many chances, man. I think they should have just got rid of him personally. Well, he hasn't done anything in a couple of years, right? So maybe he's uh, turned a new page. Dude, I, if he gets it in Ghana fun, I wouldn't be surprised if he fucks it up. Just saying. <laughs> just like <laughs> like takes uh, performance enhancing drugs and then pops a something stupid. Yeah, drug test or something. Hey, you know what? Uh, Talking about the fighting and boxing thing, though, have you been watching any of the footage of Clarissa, Clarissa Shields? She's training at Jackson Wink. She's a she's like a multi. Uh, she trains with Hollies, but she's a multi uh, belt holder in women's boxing. I think she's unified them all. Yeah. So she is someone to watch. She's fighting man. in the PFL, right? I believe her first MMA fight's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of in it. She just promoted her own last fight, so she's really in a position to kind of do whatever she wants. Hmm. So, but I feel like she's a legitimate crossover. Like she's actually putting in the work. You know, and, I, uh, and just let's be honest, I think a, bo- a female boxer could probably cross over to mixed martial arts a little easier than a man like some of the men could. Yeah, yeah. She's fucking young as shit, too. She's only 26 years old. Wow. She just promoted her own her own fight? That's pretty impressive. Only 11 pro boxing fights, though. That's interesting. Well, she must be really fucking good, then, because she's unified a whole shitload of belts. Yeah, I mean, her second fight was a, was a title fight, and every fight after that has been has been a title fight. She must have had a really solid uh, rock star amateur career. Yeah, yeah, must have. Good for her. I mean, Twenty six. You know, that's a that's a good age to get in them. It's not too late. Well, I think you know? I think you got to really shout out Holly Holm in this case when you're talking about the crossover stuff. She's a boxing champion, kickboxing, and MMA. Like she's the OG of crossover. She's done it all. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's when you really break it down. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So she's got some kind of health issue going on. I saw on Instagram or something. She's. Hopefully, gonna. She had a fight lined up and lost it. Yeah, Clarissa's but, fighting at PFL four on June tenth. Okay, we'll get into the. So this was more of a reaction thing, man. But, but do you agree that UFC two sixty one is probably one of the greatest cards maybe ever? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, dude, I felt, 
I felt like high on fucking drugs after that event wrapped up. I mean, that was just like one emotion after another. I was just like constantly getting like punched in the chest with like crazy fucking moments. And then, um, I, I definitely, you know, this was the first event that the UFC has had since COVID where they've admitted fans into the audience. So they had a sold out arena, yeah. which I think definitely contributed to the, but I also had a house full of people too. So I was like, sort of, exp- oh, yeah. you know, I normally I'm, I'm very solitary. I watch it by myself and I message you, but yeah. I had like a house full of people. It was sort of a really casual event. Like, so it was, I was experiencing on low key, like kind of that for me too. It was crazy, yeah. dude. And then for him, for them to show up, you know, I had just, yeah. I was like, into my tournament the whole week like hyper focused like all the stress i finally offloaded i come home and i just am like given this amazing card you know yeah like oh dude it was it was an insane event like yeah i still feel like dana threw some money around in the back i i don't know i I wouldn't put it past him man he's got the money to do it well they had a fucking nearly a three and a half million gate and they did uh Seven hundred thousand pay per view buys, so at seventy bucks a pop. Yeah, yep. They made some. They made some money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a it was a fucking great. It, it's definitely a historic. It'll be a class. It, you know, it's a classic event. Um, yeah, dude. I told you that first prelim that I watched was there were like fucking nobodies, man. But I'm telling you, it was that first or second one. It was. Let me let me go back and look at the names. I'm telling you, dude. It's going to be in the fighter of the year candidate. Oh, you're talking about the Jeff Molina, uh, Quilang Aori fight. Yep. That fucking yeah. fight was bananas, dude. Yeah. I missed it. But what I read was that, uh, it's definitely a fight that any fight fan really needs to check out because those yeah. two just went to war. Yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't gone back to talk to you about it. You asked me not to, cause you missed it. Yeah. You to go back and watch that one, dude. It was, yeah. it was sick. Oh, well. very back and forth. Yeah, man. What a great card, dude. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes just the stars align, you know, and, uh, that night on April 24th, 2021, it's, uh, it was a special, Dude, what a fucking for, night for that to happen though. You know, with the yeah. first, first one back with the fans and everything. Yep. Man. It was a great fucking card. I'm really glad uh, that, uh, that I watched it. You know, if I were still a cop, I probably, I probably would have been working. <laughs> yeah. I would have missed it. You know, because I, I I work second shift. I work three p.m. to eleven p.m. as a cop. Yeah, there's some perspective for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to my wife for convincing me to uh, leave law enforcement. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did, man, because we wouldn't be doing this either. Most no, we definitely wouldn't. We wouldn't at all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. All right, man. So that was a lot, and we're gonna we're gonna do another episode this week because there's more. There's still more. Like there's another one coming this week. Like yeah. A couple. And it's actually. a good, a great fucking fight coming up. Uh, a great fucking card. You know the UFC on ESPN: Reyes versus uh, Prochaska, Jiri Prochaska, or whatever the fuck his yeah. last name is. Uh, that's a great fucking card. Cub Swanson's fighting on that card. Saw him Charles fight live. Love that guy. Yeah. Christoph Jacko's on it. It's a. And there's a little PFL in there somewhere right before Thursday night, right? I saw. Uh, I think I saw. Thurs- or- yeah, Thursday or Friday. Yeah. yeah. Super excited. I'm actually going to get to take that in a little bit, you know, uh, yeah. which I, I don't normally get to do. So I love, I love the off nights for some of these other promotions. I love it. I think it makes yeah. complete sense. You know, Bellator primarily does events on Friday nights and the last PFL one was on a Friday night too. So I, I hope that they don't go head to head to head. I, well, I, I don't, like, I don't be, think, I think they, I don't think they should. Yeah. Because they'll captivate, you know, pick a night that works for you. And like one is doing them on like Wednesdays on network, regular network TV. I think it makes yeah. complete sense. You're in a saturated market. Pick a night that works and grab the fans because real fight fans are going to watch. It yep. might not be their favorite like me, right? Like I don't, I don't love one. I think the production's less of a production than some of these others, but I'm going to watch it because when dudes are in the cage, scrap it. I'm going to watch that shit. You know what I noticed about one that really bugs me? So, their lighting, the lighting inside the yeah. octagon is like too I said, though, dull. It, like I like I said though, their production just hasn't been ironed out yet. Yeah. But what I love about one is the variety that you get. They have Muay Thai traditional Muay Thai boxing in a cage. They have uh, four ounce glove Muay Thai boxing, like Nikki Holskin. He's a yeah. guy you would have caught if you follow Glory at all. That dude was a killer in Glory for a while. Mm-hmm. He went and just destroyed somebody this week. That was John Wayne Parry destroyed, who was a very accomplished kickboxer. Yeah. I mean, so, dude, four-ounce Muay Thai fights, yeah. unreal. 
absolutely plus, bananas. Plus, you can fucking soccer kick people in the face in, in one in the MMA. You know, and you can knee down opponents. Like the rules are more, um, yeah, more like pride, and I love that. You know, so yeah. you get it, dude. We're getting a crazy mix of everything right now, and I love it. Yeah. So, all right, man. There's a lot to take in, so we'll do another episode this week uh, talking about what's coming up. We'll do PFL and uh, this next UFC <laughs> card. So this n- next yeah. UFC fight night. So, all right, man, man, we'll shut it down here, dude, and we'll just uh, we'll keep pumping, man. So everybody, just pay attention to Pugil's podcast. We're gonna we're on YouTube, or we're starting to build a YouTube presence. We're gonna be branching out. You can download us on all the podcast platforms here shortly, um, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be building this thing, man. I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Check it out, you dirty fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs>